This is You Expect Me to Choose Just One. I am Aaron. I'm Kat. And this is You Expect Me to Choose Just One. With a question mark and an exclamation. How do you say that? Exclamation mark point? Yeah. Point. Yeah. I have always wanted to be the knight in shining armor for everyone around me. But if I were to choose someone to fight alongside me, it would be you. Because I know that you will do your best to protect them and care for them, and you will try just as much as I will. And I know that you will do it in a different way than I will. And then we would build off each other, and really, if you were fighting next to me, I'd be able to help everyone better, and that's all I really want. But maybe I wouldn't ever ask you to fight with me, because you would take care of me as much as you take care of everyone else. And it's selfish, but I don't want that. I want you to see the best of me, and if we were comrades in arms, you would see some of the worst. You would take care of me in all the ways I don't care. take care of myself, and most days I don't believe I deserve that. I've never wanted a knight in shining armor to come rescue me, because I've always wanted to be that knight for everyone else. But all that armor can hide a body of hurt, and what I need is not a knight but someone who will come sit with me in the dark and hold a candle for me until I can take my armor off. But no one will do that unless I ask. And I will never ask. Because that is not something that my sword and shield can protect me from. Okay, so this is Slam Poetry, episode two. Uh, Today we're talking about slam poetry and obviously. um, (laughs) (laughs) But mostly history. Yeah, the history behind it and how it kind of originated. And, you know, some more little details along that side of things. So for all you history buffs out there, enjoy. For the rest of you, also enjoy. So, poetry reading has been, like, a pretty common thing in the past, um, when poetry was a thing. Like, you know, nobles and stuff, their daughters, I think, um, would read poetry out loud to each other sometimes. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm not totally sure, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm sure that happened. Yeah, like, it sounds like something that would happen. Um, yeah, so, so there's that, and then, like, I mean poets would perform their poetry for people to promote it like Robert Frost did that he'd hit the road and go perform his poetry around places to promote it I guess so yeah so like reading poetry out loud to people to groups has it it's not like it wasn't exclusive to the creation of slam uh, but what happened with slam is, you know, in the 1980s in Chicago, Illinois, there's this guy, his name is Mark Kelly Smith. He's a construction worker and a local poet, which is like a weird combination, but also really cool. And it's a fun combination. Yeah, I bet it made for some really cool poetry. Yeah. And like my dad, he's a construction worker and that guy just is an arts person. <laughs> um, my dad loves designing and creating stuff. So 
don't know, like, construction worker seems like something that wouldn't be involved in poetry, but, like, having known construction workers personally, like, a lot of time it's, I mean, building houses and, and constructing stuff, stuff like that, like, that's definitely, there's an art to it, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Smith, he, he was, like, when he, he first came up with the idea of poetry slams, what he was thinking was that poetry, like, he felt like poetry had kind of lost its true meaning and its passion, and he wanted to bring it back, uh, specifically to the people. And so what he did was, uh, he created this weekly poetry slam. Well, event. Uh, it would later be called a, a poetry slam. And anyone could participate, and what would happen is poets would perform their work, and then five random audience members on a scale would rate them on a scale from zero to ten. Then out of those highest scores, the highest and lowest were dropped, and the three remaining were added to give the poet an overall score. And whoever had the highest score at the end was deemed the winner. So it started as an audience-based like judging system? Yeah. That's like, super cool. Just random audience yeah. members. Um, and, you know, like, that's continued on now, I think. I'm pretty sure there's lots of poetry slams where the judges are just random audience members. Wow. Yeah. I I really like that they um, dropped the highest and lowest scores. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, with my personal experience with debate and with, if you didn't know I'm in debate, I do all the speech events. I don't debate, I, I speech. <laughs> Give speeches. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> and and with uh, percussion and saxophone and like solos and stuff, and Aaron has experience with that too. Like, sometimes the scores are really close and it's like, okay, yeah, these are accurate, these make sense. And then other times, like, especially with some events in debate, I'll have four judges, and one of the judges will give me the lowest score possible, and one of the judges will give me the highest score possible. <laughs> and the past year, like, some of the events have just been videos, so I submit the same video to all four of these judges, and they score them wildly <laughs> differently. So I like the idea of dropping the highest and the lowest, because then there's less of a chance to get judge screwed. Yeah people's biases play into it less mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah so the judging i agree with the judging it sounds good <laughs> um so slams like even now they're just held anywhere that welcomes them parks bookstores coffee houses bars pretty much anywhere that they can do it um and the rules kind of switch a little bit but like the general guidelines that you know, started with uh, Smith's, you know, it's like anyone, regardless of anything, can compete. Um, and then, you know, it, the poetry is supposed to be the creation of the performing poet. And actually, on, on that point, some poets, um, you know how you listen to a poem and then you're like, oh, I want to write a poem based on that, because it just makes... I don't know. Like for me, sometimes like I'll listen to a poem and it just sets off this spark because it's so many ideas of what I could do. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, uh, poets will announce their poem and then where it's based off of. Um, 
face so it'll be like uh this is name of poem based on name of poet who wrote the poem that inspired that poet so, yeah yeah um and then uh no props may be used and no musical accompaniment accompaniment or musical instruments may be used but you can sing clap hum or make noises with the mouth or other body par parts as a poet <laughs> that was a struggle um and then you can perform on their, your own or in groups with other poets and it's actually really cool to see um groups or like two people um you know they'll do pieces on their own and then poets will combine uh, for their words for some it's really good and really cool to see there's just a different you can do some more things with more people than you can do otherwise. yeah you definitely get more effect yeah um which yeah yeah and then another thing is like poems aren't to exceed a three minute limit with you know 10 second grace period which i've seen lots of poems that are like longer than that but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because it's very possible they were not for a competition or the competition didn't have that rule, just stuff like that. Um, yeah, so so that's just kind of like those things that those rules kind of started there and those types of things started there. And then, so, you know, all of this started with, with uh, Smith and one thing that I didn't read up on this, so I don't know this for sure, but it makes sense to me that like the cadence of poetry slams uh, was brought and developed like with that specific poetry slam style because you are being judged by five random audience members. And yeah, diction and word choice, like that matters in a poem and, and the way you say things can really matter. Um, and mm -hmm. some sentences are just beautifully worded. <laughs> um, but like, mostly it's that emotion. And that's what the audience members are going to connect to is that rush of emotion and like knowing that the poet is just putting their all into it. And it really gives a different feeling. And, um, and poetry just kind of sounds like and poetry has a really special sound to it. And so I think just like putting that all together kind of got into this slam cadence that uh, developed. Like to me, it makes sense that that's how that developed. Uh, yeah, slam is definitely centered around emotion, mm -hmm. connecting with the audience. It does make sense. I had a teacher last year who asked um, everyone in the class to perform a slam poem, write and perform one in front of class. And, you know, most of them were like kind of eh, listening to them. And I was like, what? And, and I asked my teacher, I was like, what can I do to make this better? Like, how is the best way to perform my poem? And she was like, put emotion in it. Like, that's it. That is the best way and the most effective way to change your performance so it's better. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Um, 
now the name, because names are really fun. So, um, the, the events are called poetry slams, or just slams, and the poetry is also called slam. Because, uh, you know, kind of got to combine them together. Uh, but this, the slam name comes from how, from the audience, because the audience is, that's the judge, that's who's deciding the score, their reaction is going to affect the people who are actually giving scores, and so the power has, the, the audience has the power to praise, to, to bring the poem up, or to destroy a poem pretty much like that's that's the audience's power which is kind of you know this this just slam and then <laughs> this slam of like a pedestal kind of or being dropped sort of uh figuratively and then it also like comes from the the uh, style of the poets because like it's definitely kind of more high energy and more and like it is so emotional and I mean to be honest sometimes listening to poems is really like it is like being slammed with emotion yeah I've experienced that definitely yeah uh yeah so now like like that's kind of uh some of the history of it and now where we are like it's an artistic movement, it's a genre of poetry and spoken word, like, there's poetry slams all over, um, the United States, Canada, parts of Europe, and Japan, um, by the way, I'm getting all of my information from the Britannica, Britannica, that's the Britannica, right? Yeah, Britannica. Yeah, that encyclopedia site. Yeah, that's where I'm getting my information right now. So if you want to go read it, feel free. Um, I figured I should give credit to them. Yeah, <laughs> they are teaching me things. Um, so yeah, United States, Canada, parts of Europe, Japan, like that's, I mean, slam poetry is just spread around, and uh, slam poets can, like, I don't know, they're a part of our our culture like even if not a lot of pe people see them like it is a community and it's a community not a lot of people know about but those slam poems like they they can influence political mu movements and art and media and literature and entertainment like just so many things that are a huge part of our culture like those can affect them the slam poems can affect them and uh, just make people think differently or or give something, uh, give them something to identify with, and that can really be good stuff. <laughs> and and when listening to slam poetry, there's a lot of topics that are more political, and they're all they are more controversial, like where a lot of the topics are. And and listening to them is so cool, and it's also like this different perspective. Because just every time I listen to a poem, it's like, it's someone else's and I can connect with it and I can connect with the emotion they're sending um, or performing with, but most of their experiences are not mine. And so I get to experience that different uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. 
which is it's really important like experiencing i don't know taking a walk in other people's shoes yeah slam poetry does it definitely does that really well yeah because there's there's so much emotion involved that you just have to be drawn into it yeah and like 90 most of the time these poets are talking about personal experiences and and so it's just this i don't know it it lets me and other people understand kind of this bigger picture because we're looking outside of ourselves yeah so now um oh the big thing too is we um smith his vision started the national poetry slam in the united states and it's uh it's annual and it's a five-day poetry slam and uh there's different it's in a different city each year and teams of poets compete from all over america and canada to determine who's the best, pretty much, you know, gotta make it about that competition. <laughs> who's the best? Who's the best poet? Yeah. So, a lot of uh, states will kind of like they'll have poetry slams, and whoever does the best there will be uh, put on this team to make kind of the best team they have for national poetry slam. It's like like the Olympics, you know. Yeah. Uh, each country gets their best to win more, pretty much. That's how it is. That's how everything is. You just collect your best to go <laughs> perform. Yes. Uh, and one guy that I know has gone, uh, has been chosen for Utah's team is Jesse Parent. And I think I mentioned him in the last episode. Uh, but yeah, he's he's in Utah, and I love his poems. They're so good. Uh, and and I know he's gone to the National Poetry Slam a few times. I don't know how many, but... More than once. Yes. Um, and you know, some poets, like, don't like the competitive nature. It's like, I don't know, it seems unfair. And also, like, the way they're judged and the nature of the poems can be informal and unconventional compared to like traditional styles of poetry so you know you've always got those people who are kind of arguing against uh, tradition even though this is like poetry sounds have been around for 40 years uh but in the scheme of things that's not not too long my parents oh dear <laughs> my parents were born around that time Huh. When did you? What year did you say? Um, I started somewhere in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, my parents were in their twenties. My parents were just being born. <laughs> That's cool. It seems so long ago. Like the nineteen eighties is like, what even? It's ancient. But then it's like, no, I know people who were alive in the 1980s. Yeah, that's basically my parents' like high school. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Time is weird. And that is a rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> um, but like besides, you know, all of that that lack of tradition and and the unconventional style, I guess, uh, 
it's still it's one of the most ex accessible styles of poetry because it's easy to listen to and to understand and i really love written poetry as well but written poetry like i mean some people have a hard time reading it and there's just there's definitely a different feeling to written poetry and so yeah like slam poetry is just really i mean for me i can just press play on youtube and listen to poem after poem after poem uh instead of trying to find books and trying to decipher meanings and stuff yeah that's a really good good time yeah so that's kind of like how slam poetry came about and got to where it is now so yeah slam poetry is our competitive style of poetry it's spoken word and emotional <laughs> from our favorite construction worker and poet based in Chicago, Illinois, Mark Kelly Smith. Sweet. Yeah. Brought us some good poetry. Oh, yes. For sure. <laughs> so next time. Ciao.